another edition here of We Talk Fantasy. For our audio audience in particular, you might see that there's two episodes here. For the visual audience, you're wondering, hey, uh, that graphic there says best slash worst NFL team drafts. Let me tell you, the first 10 minutes of this podcast is the most insane 10 minutes of anything I've recorded in the history of Godzilla Media. Anything from crying babies to microphones not working to one of these hosts screaming at social media into the abyss. It's all audio exclusive. So if you're looking at what teams we thought had the best draft, click on the links below here on the video side. Spotify, Apple, Mohawk, Honda, shout out and everything else. That's where you can find it. Trust me, it is worth the listen or your ears are going to bleed from what just happened for the first 10 minutes. But anyways, uh, let's get into the worst teams. Uh, Kyle, I'll start with you. Looking at the 2022 NFL draft, what teams do you believe had the worst picks overall? I don't think it's fair that I get to go first um, because I, if all of us don't have the New England Patriots, I mean, that draft was just ugly. Um, Cole Strange, who was projected, I think, a third-round pick. Uh, Tyquan Thornton, sure, don't don't hate him. They need wide receiver help. Marcus Jones, Jack Jones, Pierre Strong. I did like the Bailey Zabby pick, but you have Mac Jones. Like, why would you take Bailey at one thirty-seven? Go get a wide receiver. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't um the the um Boise State kid there that Buffalo took? I'm pretty yes. sure he was there. Um, so. I did not like the, the Patriots uh, draft at all. I really, I, I think this is the official point of Bill Belichick trying to tank the organization. Um, we're going to go back to that conspiracy theory. Um, and then the other draft that I didn't like, but I loved their first overall pick. Y'all know how much I love Olave, the Saints. And I know it's, I know it's hard for us to say, well, they only had five picks, but uh, Trevor Penning, Alante Taylor, DeMarco Jackson, Jordan Jackson. I mean, it's three defense and an offensive lineman. Like, where's the quarterback? Where is, you know, you don't need a running back. Where's more offensive line in round three? I don't even know what to say about the, the Saints draft. Again, trading a ton of capital away. We thought they would be in a in a, in a tough spot. Armstead um, retired or left. But what were you doing, Saints? You probably should have gone up and got some more picks somehow. Um, to get something in the third, fourth round. But I, th- I think the Patriots and Saints just had ugly drafts. Jet, your thoughts? Worst, best? Any of those you agree with with Kyle? Yeah, yeah. I think everyone's kind of scratching their head when the Patriots are making some of their moves. And we had some, you know, cool access. Um, you know, we saw Sean McVay's reaction in the Rams. <laughs> they're like, what? Strange? Like, What? Um, so it did kind of show, you know, I am in favor of sometimes I think teams get a little too cute when they're like, um, you, you, and the same thing happens in fantasy football where it's like, Oh, I'm the only one who knows this guy is good. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. And then how many times in fantasy football, the round that we're like, this is where we can get them. The team before you picks them. And you're like, Oh man, why didn't I take them earlier? You know, like, I went backup quarterback when I could have gotten my guy. So, you know, I, I think Bill Belichick has a, a good enough track record at finding talent in the draft that, you know, those guys will be developed into good players. One that kind of stood out to me, um, I didn't really see how the Washington, uh, excuse me, the um, the commanders. Very well good. Done. Very well good. done. Nice. Washington football team. Um, it's funny how it took so long to get rid of the R word. Now I can't get rid of the, the WTF. <laughs> WFT, 
Um, I know. I don't, I don't see how they got better. You know, I, they, they were a pretty rough team last year. Uh, they traded with the Saints who, who took a lave and then they took – I'm gonna I'm gonna kill a dog. <laughs> like I love dogs. I just played with her for like 15 minutes outside, and now it's just not enough. Um, all right, guys, you pick up your pick. Yes, I got you. <laughs> to, your, to your Washington point, I get what you're saying too. It's because like there's not a huge regime change. It's a lot of the same people. I know ownership's going through stuff, but Washington's similar. Uh, back to Kyle's point about the Patriots. I'm glad more and more people get that like New England hasn't been good at drafting. And like for a long time, like we can go back to Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones about 10 years ago, right? 2012, they traded up to get Chandler Jones, which you could argue is the best first round pick they had in 10 years. But then they said, oh, well, you know what? We don't think Chandler Jones is that good anymore. We're going to let him go because New England's famous for letting players go before they decline. They got that whole thing wrong with Chandler Jones. Now, some will argue that like he was on drugs and showed up to the facility and all this other stuff. Chandler Jones has been better for Arizona. He's been one of the best defensive players in the NFL post-New England. And yeah, uh, and, and to add to Kyle's point as well about New England and, and the stuff about Belichick, what I've liked about the NFL draft in comparison to five, 10 years ago was in like 10 years ago, it was just Mel Kuyper, basically. Like he had a couple other people who did it, but it was really like Kuyper, Mayock, and that's it. The explosion of the popularity of scouting for the NFL, when you have more than two people projecting guys as third and fourth round picks, and look, they're not resume stacked up against Belichick is impressive, but uh, you start to wonder, like, why did a hundred people have this and this guy didn't? You'd be like, okay, like, uh, maybe it's you. Maybe it is you. Uh, the other team I would add to that is the Packers. Like, we sat here, I think, for a whole fantasy football season and screamed that, like, Aaron Rodgers is back, the contract, they're no doubt, 100%. Put your house on the fact they're getting a running back or a wide receiver in the first round. They kind of felt like the whole organization, the executives, were like those friends who go to, like, Saratoga race course, and they have, like, a, like the three horses that finished first, second, and third, but they didn't put it in the right order. And someone tells them, you didn't box it? And they're like, oh, what's a box? Is that a thing? That's like telling somebody for the backers, wait, we can trade? What? I thought we could only trade for quarterbacks. Everyone's always trading for quarterbacks. I didn't know we could trade for other positions in the first round. So they waited for the Watson kid from North Dakota State who looks great on highlights and has somewhat reminded me, who's the player who doesn't look good on highlights? So I, I would go Patriots and Packers, the two teams that I thought really whiffed on this year's NFL draft. Yeah, it's just, it's becoming a joke. I mean, it's been a joke. Like, you don't have a good relationship with Aaron Rodgers. Um, you've missed out on multiple Super Bowl chances. You know, like Rodgers has put up MVP seasons. And I, I don't always like to say like, ah, oh, the, the, the front office didn't put him in a position because, I mean, they got them to those games and it was more so Rodgers not playing well. Could he have used some more talented receivers? Absolutely. And could that make a difference? Maybe. Um, but I just I just don't understand how there's, you're so oblivious to like what people are saying and, and just what your own roster looks like, like that, that Packers receiving core without Devonte Adams. Oh my gosh. It might be, it might be the worst in the league. It's, it's that bad. And so from a fantasy standpoint, I mean, I think we all got our eyes on the rookie that's going to green Bay just because there's going to be a great opportunity to play with a hall of fame quarterback. Um, but there was there was a lot of talent at wide receiver in this class. And you just ask yourself, how do you not get involved 
in the guys that we all believe are going to be, you know, pretty sure hit, um, maybe not pro bowlers right away, but uh, guys that can immediately come in and contribute. And now they have a guy that we're all like, all right, we'll see, you know, we'll see how quickly he's ready to play with Aaron Rodgers. As crazy it is with it being May, there are already some dynasty leagues drafting. They already got the rookie classes out, right? They're already doing just the dynasty with the rookies and everything else. So I want you guys to think about the top two dynasty rookies you would take. If you've got the first or second pick, who would be on your wish list? But before we get there, I want to tell you about our friends over at Lillian David Fine Jewelers, located Route 50, the shops of Wilt. And I stopped in last week, saw Alyssa, saw David, saw some customers working on those big Mother's Day gifts and more. I love sharing the story all week. I want to make sure we talk fantasy. Here's the story as well. My guy, Joshua, who's a big Mets fan. He loves his Mets. He went in and told Alyssa, one of my favorite stories of the last five years working with these people. Loves the podcast, supports Gonzalo Media, shared all these great things. I wish I could give more details of what he said, but someone special in his life uh, might get a surprise ruined, so I'll just leave it there. Uh, so Joshua and others, appreciate it. When you drop We Talk Fantasy or Gonzalo Media, Lily and David Fine, it means a ton. I know it from experience. I like showing it off right there. There's the wedding band right there. Kyle and Chet are both married and very happy with their wonderful wives, but they, like you, potentially listening, have birthdays and anniversaries and holidays where that style and that fashion has to get updated and she wants something new and different. The selection at Lily and David Fine Jewelers is exactly what she wants. Route 50, Shops of Wilton, family-owned and operated business. You want to make sure you're always supporting that in upstate New York and work with wonderful people like Alyssa and David who have helped me before, and they can do the same for you. Even if you stop in there sweating, nervous, and have no idea what your budget is and how you're going to find something for her, they will help you. It's Lily and David Fine Jewelers, Route 50, Shops of Wilton, you stop in and tell me you heard about from We Talk Fantasy and Godzilla Media. All right, Chad, I'm going to start with you on this one. Either order, you're in a dynasty league. You get two picks of rookies for the next five to ten years, right? You can go longer if you want. Who are those top two rookies you want for the future and why? Oh, man, that's a really good question because there, there's a lot of talent that's at the top of this uh, you know, rookie fantasy draft class. I don't, I don't see a ton of guys um, who are going to win you fantasy leagues this year. I, I think this is why it's great for Dynasty is um, a couple guys are going to be a couple years away from being big-time players. So that's why um, – sorry, Kyle. My, my first one is Kenneth Walker because um, that's a five-year plan. I think this year the hype is way too high. Um, you know – they still do have um, Rashad Penny, who was one of the most efficient running backs in the second half of the season. I mean, the guy just finally showed why he was a first-round pick all those years ago. Um, so he's going to show the backfield. Chris Carson is still there. And it's an offense that I think is going to struggle mightily. So I don't, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of points scored this year in Seattle. But in a couple years, I, I think the Chris Carson experiment's over. I I think they've, they've, they've seen enough of that, you know? So um, I think Kenneth Walker in a couple of years is a chance to be uh, a really good football player in an offense that loves to run the ball. Number two is a guy that probably does have the best opportunity to, to um, be in your starting lineup this year. Uh, I'm going to go Sky Moore. Uh, I look at – it's just because of the offense. You know, when, you, when you're losing a guy like Tyreek Hill, you have an aging Travis Kelsey, and – you have a prolific quarterback in, in Patrick Mahomes. We could argue all day. Is he one or two? It's right now it's Josh Allen and it's Patrick Mahomes. And so um, the guys that have been involved in a Patrick Mahomes offense, the, the last four years have been top 10. 
And so uh, he has an unbelievable opportunity uh, facing a veteran, uh, you know, the veterans that are there. It's not a ton of competition. Yes, they brought in Juju. That looks like he's your he's your number one right now. They they brought in MVS, um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling from, from Green Bay. He's kind of a one-trick pony. You know, like Aaron Rodgers got the best out of him as a deep threat guy. And, and another deep threat guy is Nico Hardman, who I think we all expected to take bigger steps forward in this offense the last two to three years, and he really didn't. So, um, you know, Sky Moore is going to have a chance with Andy Reid drawing up plays for him that – um, if he can build that relationship with Patrick Mahomes, he's going to have a really bright career. Kyle, top two rookies you're looking at. Those were those are my top two. I think that you're going to see a lot of consistency with that. Mine was actually Sky Moore at number one, though, just because <clears throat> I think you're going to get the value out of him right away um, to all oh, the chats point. And then, like, I think K-9 is going to be really good. Um, I have two stretch plays, and then I think someone that we're sleeping on, and I am 100% guilty as I sit here with my Buffalo Bills cutoff, I think James Cook is a very good dynasty pick, potentially. Um, the Devin Singletary, I know they love him. What happens after next year? Do they keep him for the fifth-year option? Um, does James Cook pop off out of the backfield and show like, hey, guess what? We don't need Devin Singletary. Bye. Uh, we'll stick with uh, James Cook's rookie contract. So I think James Cook has has some potential to, to do some damage. Um, then my two stretch plays, um, and it's going to be all about quarterback development. Uh, Garrett Wilson. So we've talked a lot about uh, can the Jets and get figure out the quarterback situation? Can can they get the, can Zach Wilson do it? If Zach Wilson can figure it out, Garrett Wilson, that's going to be his offense. He's a really good wide receiver. I still had Chris Olave over Wilson, but um, Wilson is it's it's not like he is by far by any means um a a, a terrible player. I mean, he has really good route running. Um, he has hands of gold. Uh, and I could see him potentially opening up that offense a little bit for them. Um, so keep an eye on Garrett Wilson. I think he's one that you could get late in the draft, late in these drafts, and um, potentially have one of those uh, one of those steals there. Um, and I'm actually I'm interested. I don't know if this is more of a stretch play. So I, I, I'm interested to hear what your guys' thoughts on this. Um, we wondered what the heck the, heck the Jets were doing with dra drafting Brees Hall. Um, I'm interested to see if they put him in the slot. Um, a lot more than than running back because I think we all are, all, all can agree um, that the running back situation was was fine there. I mean, they had the North Carolina kid that I'm blanking on right now, Michael Carter. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, why would you draft Brees Hall? Well, the departure of Jamison uh, Jamison Crowder. You got Corey Davis as on the outside. You now have Chris Olave or um, Garrett Wilson and uh, so Elijah Moore as well. Yep. So what do you do in the slot? I don't think Olave or uh, God Garrett Wilson is going to be that slot receiver. I think he's going to be more of an outside threat. Um, so I could see them throwing Brees Hall in the slot and going underneath and doing some of those um, Debo Samuel-like plays. So I'm in, the Jets are an interesting team. I love their draft. It feels like the Jets may have started to get something right. They just got to finish it off, put the pieces together. But I don't hate that offense, especially if Zach Wilson can put it together. I don't hate it at all. And, and don't correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they uh, they paid Braxton Berrios this year? They did. And yeah, Denzel yeah. Mims is out there as a second round pick as well too. Yeah. Just, yeah. I just don't know why they drafted Brees Hall unless they're going to put him in the in the slot, especially using your second round pick on that. It just I, I just want to make sure you guys didn't get him. I guess. You I know? have 
I have Brees Hall and Travis Etienne, aka Travis Etienne or Etienne, as Chad has reminded us Etienne, before. Is yeah, Etienne, r- yeah, yeah, right. They but they feel like a very similar player. Of those teams, didn't feel like they needed that player. Remember, right. it was James Robinson in 2020. If my math's adding correct, right? That okay, you've got an impact player in your backfield or somebody who thinks the future, but you're bringing in another weapon. At least fantasy wise, it doesn't make sense. Maybe team overall moving the ball up and down the field, it does, but. Fantasy-wise, it makes things more complicated. Uh, back to the Wilson thing you mentioned. I had him in my notes here. I'm like, oh, Garrett Wilson's the pick because Zach Wilson will get better. His numbers will get better year after year. And then I thought, yeah, what if they don't, though? Like, what if, right. what if it's the Jets? What if a lot of the points he just made there that he's just not getting the targets and the receptions that he needs? So I, I have two completely different players than you guys had. Uh, I guess I look back at the 2021 Dynasty rookie drafts and thought, wasn't it a slam dunk last year for Trevor Lawrence? Like, no, we didn't even ask it last year. The camera's there was like, he's the greatest prospect ever. He's going to be a quarterback for 15 years. So everybody, if you likely had the number one pick in your dynasty rookie draft, you took Trevor Lawrence. And right now that's not good. So I guess with that theory, I would have gone Kenny Pickett because Kenny Pickett's the first round pick. It's Pittsburgh. You'd think with like the inconsistency of actually quarterbacks moving, and I know that's a way, weird way to word it, a lot of W's there, but Pickett would still be top. And then I got Drake London. Drake London from Atlanta. Now maybe oh. it's a buck, right? Like maybe it's a Buccaneer fan that thinks he wants both the Saints and the Falcons to suck and Tampa to be great, where London's going to be like Kyle Pitts. And I love Kyle Pitts last year that he's going to get a bunch of plays, but Boy, I like London. Marcus Mariota's career's on the line. Uh, Atlanta's backfield with Cordero Patterson. Can he do it back-to-back seasons? I like Drake London. I also like Nola right there as well. Uh, and back to Chris Olave, who we mentioned. Chris Olave was the rookie all three of us liked in our pre-draft show. And we're like, okay, if he goes to the Saints, who gave up a ton to get him. But then all of a sudden, it's like, the Saints don't have Drew Brees or Sean <laughs> Payton or Jamie, you know, Jameis Winston, uh, maybe New Orleans is not as good as a spot as we think it is like it used to be in fantasy football world. So as much as they were dying to get Chris Olave, uh, I don't know if I love that as much for fantasy picks as I used to in the past. I despise that pick because you, you what are you going to do with him? Are you going to play him at quarterback? Like <laughs> Chris Olave is going to play, is going to beg them to not pick up his fifth year option because he's like, dude, I have a thousand career yards because you haven't given me a quarterback in four years. And, and what we're going to, we're going to see highlights of Chris Olave running wide open in the middle of the field and nobody being able to touch, to get the ball to him. Yeah. And, and what the hell happened to Michael Thomas? Aren't we just two seasons removed from him being the no doubt slam dunk yep. number one fantasy football wide receiver. He just basically never played last year. And yeah, there's a lot of questions in new Orleans for sure. And, of course, we mentioned New Orleans and Nola comes right off the screen and she gets depressed about what her favorite team might be doing for the future. God, uh, yes. What? So the only question I had for you is like, what makes you like Drake London so much? So like, London, yeah, like London come out of USC. I thought, okay, he's probably not as good as Wilson and Alave, but Atlanta's just sitting there. Atlanta's like, okay, um, rookie quarterback play for the Jets, second year play with Wilson. Is he going to get enough targets? I don't know. Alave, we kind of went through. Uh, Watson in Green Bay might be a better play, but I just don't know because he's an FCS kid. And I know that's a, a weak take, some would say, but I just don't know against like real improved defensive backs what he can do. Uh, you guys mentioned Sky. 
Yeah, I just thought it'd be Jameson Williams. I thought it'd be a different player there for Kansas City. So I'm just going through my list. I'm like, a lot of this is not the codes where I thought this puzzle piece was going to go. At least I know what I'm getting out of the top 10 kids. So that's kind of why London, maybe the best of the rest, is how we ended up here at number two. I, I, I feel I feel like they're just trying to get those weapons that you're just going to lob it as high as you can and say, go get it. Because uh, then you, you now have Kyle Pitts and Drake London, who are just big dudes um, running. <laughs> running. So um, I really feel like Drake London, because I, I saw like some comparisons of like how he's going to mesh with uh, – with Kyle Pitts, I was and I was sitting there going, "Well, they're the exact same player. They're giants, and they pretty much are just super athletic. Uh, they're they're athletic, slower wide receivers. Drake London plays wide out, but Kyle Pitts plays tight end. So I'm like, I feel like they're the exact same player. <laughs> yeah, and like you know, I could see it. I could see it shaking out is is similar, not similar player, but maybe a similar rookie season to Amon Ross St. Brown, where yeah. you might you might take Drake London and. He's just not going to put up good numbers early on a team that's not going to play very well. And you're just going to give up. You're like, oh, this offense stinks. Mariota's who we thought he was. Meh. But then in the second half of the season, when he's got his feet wet and he's figured out how to actually, you know, play the position in the NFL, figures out the offense better, he's going to start having some productive games. And they're going to be trailing in a lot of games. So he's going to get the opportunity. And he has no competition. Calvin Ridley's not playing football this year. Um, I believe the – what's his name? Zadikas. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Zadikus is gone. Russell Gage is gone. Like, maybe maybe, maybe Zadikus is the number is the number two guy now. There's one other thing to add to Atlanta too. That I think we all just missed here. When the hell did Marcus Mariota get better? You know, he's been the same quarterback for like ten years. All of a sudden, Atlanta just looked around like, yeah, we need a veteran who we don't need to pay that much. And then if we suck, we'll go get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud in next year's draft. Right, you know, like Atlanta seemed like the team most likely to get the number one pick last year, uh, 2023, I should say. It maybe have a whole different quarterback next year when the mock drafts come out. I, uh, I, yeah, just can, I just cannot wait for like Desmond Ritter to just get thrown into the, some of those games because you know why I, I was shocked that Ritter fell all the way to the third. Um, and I thought that was an outstanding pick by Atlanta. I just feel like they're going to find out Mariota is not what he is. Going to throw Ritter in there, and uh, it's going to be tough sledding from there for Ritter. How about yeah. how about Felipe Franks? Oh man, wasn't he like what? once upon like one of the top QB prospects coming out of yeah. high school? And didn't yes, he... I actually true story. I saw him as a high school player visiting an LSU football game, and everyone was just all over, you know, trying to get trying to convince him to go to LSU. Um, but yeah, just real quick note, um, Zacchaeus is actually still in the Falcons. He oh. is the number two option behind Drake London, according to the depth chart. Auden Tate is wide receiver three. So Who? Yeah, yeah, Auden Tate. <laughs> Followed by Demir Bird, Kaderil Hodge, and Frank Darby. You didn't say no. Golden Tate. You said Amir? Auden. Auden. <laughs> Auden Tate, who is uh, out of Florida State, a seventh-round pick in 2018. Uh, you might have seen him play football for the Cincinnati Bengals. Last year, he had three catches for a touchdown. Oh, dang. <laughs> I feel a go. lot better. I feel a lot better about my Drake London pick now. Yeah, he's going to get targets. It's going to happen. Uh, also, like you guys just mentioned, uh, Kyle just mentioned Desmond Ritter. That like third to sixth round quarterback spot is always a weird spot because there are times, like you mentioned, if an injury or something happens, a guy like Dak Prescott can get on the field and change his career. Tom Brady would get all that stuff. There's also guys like, and I know Chet covered him in college, Ryan Nassib, who when he was drafted in the fourth round out of Syracuse, the organization said, we hope he never plays. 
we hope he never ever gets on the field because Eli Manning's our quarterback. So yeah, those spots are always really weird of what it could happen for the future of a quarterback. Uh, let's talk about the NFL schedule first. The focus on the fantasy football world, but when you're thinking about investing, whether it be your fantasy football team, whether it be a small business, a home, a car, and you've got to deal with those insurance policies. Our guy is Jared Lozier. His info on our ticker below throughout the entire episode at Northeastern Insurance. You're looking to save some cash in 2022 with prices going up. And whether it's groceries, whether it's gas, whatever it might be, you're just looking to save some bucks here in the year. Make sure your insurance policies are competitive and find out if you can get a lower one. Simple and easy. One email, J-A-R-E-D-L at nemail.com j-a-r-e-d-l at nemail.com just tell your email free quote fantasy football jonathan taylor stinks and overrated catch jared's attention as a colts fan and see what he does with that information or give him a call today right after the podcast 518-956-3753 518-956-3753 where jared can give those quotes for you whatever you need and by the end of the year you're gonna be like all right thank you not only did my fantasy football team win but I saved money on my insurance policies. Simple and easy. One quote. Work with a great guy like Jared who supports Godzilla Media. Jared Lowe's here. Northeastern Insurance. Uh, let's start with this. Because you guys know I whine and complain about this. And I've been doing this since last summer. So I get to do it again this year. It could be a simple yes or a no and a quick answer if you want. Are either one of you surprised that the NFL did not back off the week 14 buys with an expanded regular season, expanded playoff, double head shakes? You guys are both not surprised that in changes for fantasy football fans. No, it's, it's the damn NFL. And again, it's it's just such a dumb idea. Like, one, I think we I think we touched on this a little bit. NFL fantasy football is such a revenue maker. Number one. So get rid of the week 14. Number two, it's the NFL. Nothing with this stuff surprises me anymore, which is unfortunately sad to say, but like I think I think if you want to take any solace out of it. The teams that are on week 14 by Atlanta, Chicago, Green Bay, Indy, New Orleans, Washington. There are going to be some um, players on there that have fantasy implications. I can think of possibly Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Gibson. Um, but at the at the same time, are those some of the players that are going to bring you to the championship? Maybe Rodgers, but there's question marks around the receiving core. Uh, do, do teams focus on Aaron Jones? Like, so – if I look at it, I'm like, okay, what are the what are the teams there? But again, I I don't know why. Especially you're putting those teams at jeopardy. You're about to go through an entire preseason plus a four, 13 weeks of the NFL regular season and finally get them to my their buy. I think that's ridiculous. Oh, and might we also add there are no Week 12 buys. Doesn't make unbelievable. Any sense. Thank you, Kyle. You beat me. To- Thank you. Why? Check. Go ahead. I don't know if you want to answer because it's gonna drive me nuts with that set he had. Oh my god! Wait, what? What? What time of the year is week twelve? I believe is it's mid-November. Is that why? Is it Thanksgiving? I think Thanksgiving is usually week fourteen, and but then who I could be wrong. It's, I, that sounds like it's mid-November. Let me take a look. I'm, I'm pulling up week twelve. Oh, of course it brings up. All right, here you go. Twenty twenty-two, week twelve is Thanksgiving. But oh. who cares? So, so, but that, but it's just that kind of the three games on Thursday. You want to have enough games, you know, to fill everyone's pot from Sunday. I I think if you if you were to look at the NFL in that week twelve, you put the three games on Sunday. Those are, those are always big time uh, views. What does it hurt to put less games on Sunday so a bigger crowd gets drawn into specific games on Sunday? Yeah. 
for the one, four, and night game, you just have that bigger crowd. Guess what? That should drive up your revenue from an ad revenue. More people are seeing your ads on these days because I have less games. You're not going to be flipping back and forth and whatnot. I, that's just my take on that. It makes sense. I, I A lot of that too, like the week 12, someone's probably going to argue that like, you know what? I'm just going to move the graphic here because it probably is going to lead in maybe what Chet's about to say too. Like maybe because of these Christmas day games and these days after Thanksgiving games and it's like Thursday, Friday, Sunday and all the, maybe a schedule maker going to be like, oh, there's so many holidays of how it felt. Not a good enough excuse. All right. I'm with Kyle on this and I saw Chet's head move too. I'm with both of you on this. I don't care. Like week 14, you can make the argument. And I know on this show in particular, like you love your fantasy football teams. It's very individual bias of who you're starting, who you're playing. That's why this is so awesome. It is hard to argue against that week 14, the final week of the regular season is not just a big deal in fantasy. It's the most important week yep. of fantasy football because of seedings and changes and playoff teams and matchups for the following week. So not just screwing that week up, but the most important week of fantasy football getting screwed up. Yeah, and the other thing that's just like I'm scratching my head if I'm a schedule maker or a decision maker in the NFL is why do you have some some weeks it's four teams on a bye, then it's two, then it's six, then it's four. Couldn't have there's been a smoother way of doing it? You have you have six teams on a bye in week 14 and week 13, there's two. Like if if, if you're not gonna go away from week 14, at least only make it the two. You know, make it like, you know, all right, there's gonna be a couple teams that are gonna be six teams. I know Kyle listed a couple of the guys. There's there's going to be massive fantasy implications. You're going to have guys that whether it's your Kyle Pitts who could be a top, you could be it could be tight end one this year, and not playing in week 14. Like there's going to be a lot of guys throughout rosters that are you're going to have to scramble on. And to be honest with you, I've mentioned it, and we're not going to talk about um, you know the upcoming drafts just yet. But it is part. It should be a part of your draft strategy. Is okay if I take Aaron Rodgers, I might be playing a backup quarterback with the season on the line. Like you just have to keep that in mind that week 14, I am not going to have this guy. Um, and that's good. And that could make or break a lot of seasons. I'm too tempted now not to mention the draft. Cause you said it, Chad, I got all excited over here. I want to say two things about the Godzilla media league. One, uh, our dear, dear friend, Matt Woods has been thrown out of the league. Woods. Get out of here. And not because Matt Wood. look Woods. I had a meeting with him the other day. Uh, it's not because his team wasn't awesome. He had the best team last year. Whoa. Because I would say Matt Woods' top to bottom team was the best team. I know you won first place. He put up more points. He did put up more points. I know. All right. So Chet, Chet will argue his team. Fair enough. But uh, so we'll have you and Bryce, who Bryce won the championship, as the targeted teams this year. I bring it up because our guy Kyle Ray will be taking the spot after some, we'll say, uh, strange building by the commissioner of that league. So Ray Ray will be in it. And I, I want to do the call out. I want to do kind of the challenge league I talked about last year, where with that extra week two week, we'll have those teams call out who they want to play week two. I, I think that's my strategy I want to go with, unless you guys saw anything from this past year, or that can be a conversation in the future. But that's a little update of what's probably happening in Gossip huh. Media this year. Uh, anything else jumping out to you guys on the schedule, whether it be a team all of a sudden you looked at your schedule and thought, wow, they might have a better path than I thought whether it's a fantasy football matchup, anything else <laughs> on there that jumped out to you guys about this year's schedule. Real, I'm going to make a comment. Uh, real, go ahead, Kyle. Real quick, there was just a trade to the Falcons. I saw right now. Braylon Edwards is back. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, 
No, I saw this, and, I, and I'm, I'm not remembering exactly who on Twitter brought this point up. But I thought it was fantastic. Is um, you know how around this time when the schedules get released, one of the big things you see is strength of schedule. And I never thought about this, but they base strength of schedule on how you finished in 2021. Mm-hmm. That's idiotic. Mm-hmm. You should base it on Vegas. How is Vegas predicting your these teams are going to finish? Because teams aren't the same. Things change year to year. And so I always just like, you know, I saw, all right, so, you know, Bills have one of the easiest, whatever it may be. Oh, they have one of the easiest schedules. And it's like, well, did the teams in their division get better? Are some of the teams they're playing, did they make some big trades? Like, there's a lot of moving. This is one of the crazier off seasons we've seen. The, the Denver Broncos – are not the same team that they were last year. They now have Russell Wilson. So based on how the NFL releases strength of schedule, the Broncos come up as an easy opponent because they weren't very good with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. Now they have Russell Wilson, so that's an easy game. Uh, dude, I think that we need to relook at how we look at strength of schedule. Based it off, how does this team, how are we predicting they're going to be in 2022? I laughed at that because I thought about Chet just going on Twitter and seeing all these graphics with like green and red and orange, how it's yeah. always color coded and Chet just leaving, shut up nerd. And then leaving the draft King over under on win totals on like all those phones. Shut <laughs> up, more value in that. Yeah. You care more about the over under win totals than what these colors are telling you on a graph. Absolutely. Yeah. Did, the, did the dolphins get better? Yes. Did the jets get better? Yes. Like these teams are better than they were last year when they only won a few games. So I think if he's got to kind of relook at how we look at like, oh, okay, you know, it's going to be a cakewalk for some of the eh. – we got, we, got, we got to figure out who's gotten better, who's gotten worse. The Seahawks are not as good as they were, you know? So now that maybe look at – I mean, they were not great last year to begin with, but they've they've gone backwards. Now it looks like an easier matchup. So. Well, especially when you look at like you, – you said it perfectly, the Jets. Guys, like they had a phenomenal first round. That team got instantly better by two picks instantly better and they were a very young team a year ago mm-hmm. so they, uh, there's factors that go into this when you're determining who's got an easy road who has a hard a uh, hard one yep yeah those defensive matchups in particular too it's harder from years past to be like all right they get like four easy deep because what you both just said right so many teams have been so active adding offensive weapons and young offensive weapons where it's not like the old days of like oh you get i guess i'll, I'll be balanced and use the nfc south here again like Oh, the Saints defense stinks. The Falcons don't have anybody who can tackle. Uh, the Bucks make horrible decisions. Oh, get somebody like the Panthers. Cam Newton will have a big fantasy year. It's not even that easy anymore. You can't even like go through it like that of other oh, the because everybody's defense have statistically gotten worse because of the elevation and evolution of offenses. I would just say, um, you mentioned the AFC East, Kyle. Like there are gonna be so many close teams, like the Bills are there, but and, and goes to Chet's point too. Everybody got better. So now it's going to be like, you're going to have a game. This is why I early feel in May. You know those games, like at a 130, you're feeling good. Like, all right, I'm up by like 40. Then you get to like 330, you're like, all right, I'm still up by 30. That witching hour, which Red Zone fans know what I'm talking about. Oh, my God. Like, there are going to be games in fantasy football this year that if you thought it was exciting from 330 to 430 before, it is going to be mayhem with big plays and speeds and comebacks and miss. That's what I feel like out of this gate, like the schedule is that that window, man, when we're back to the fall is going to be wilder than ever for fantasy football players. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Dude, I I also love that 
we are going to have two of the best teams in the NFL on Thursday night. Like, I, I know I'm, I'm playing the homer card, but how awesome of a game is that going to be? L.A., Buffalo, game one. Like, that game is going to be an awesome way to kick off the season. It's going to – I think it's going to have the same hype that the Kansas City-Baltimore game had a couple years ago. Oh, man, really I cannot good. wait. Uh, just projecting the summer schedule because this is a weird spot for fantasy land too. Like we recap the draft, July, August. Look for some more updated episodes. Baby Davis is on the way, so don't be surprised if at some point in August you might get a week where like three episodes come out at once. You could listen to them on demand and watch them on demand. So check and spend some time with Baby Davis. So look for July and August for more episodes on the way, and of course when we hit the fall. Back to weekly schedule and all that stuff. Maybe from between now, yeah, between now and July, you might see some interview-based stuff with picks and projections and all that stuff. So uh, until next time, uh, we'll see if craziness is involved again when we talk fantasy. I'll catch you guys again soon. See ya.